You're listening to Once, episode 165, Breaking Glass. Welcome back to another episode of Once, the unofficial podcast for ABC's TV show, Once Upon a Time. I'm Daniel J. Lewis. I'm Jeremy Laughlin. I'm Aaron. And we're happy to have you joining us. You can get the show notes as we'll be talking about links and screenshots and stuff for this episode at oncepodcast.com slash 165. This episode, Breaking Glass, was, I think, not quite as detailed as other episodes, or, I mean, mm-hmm. there weren't as many details. <laughs> well, it doesn't matter where you put the emphasis in the word but, detail. However. But in a way. I'm still not sure what you mean. It was deep still. Mm. Or maybe it's the other way around. That it was deep. It wasn't deep, but it had many details. <sighs> Whichever way, we're going to approach this from a huh. theme approach. <laughs> Instead of breaking it down chronologically, we'll be talking about some of the different themes that came out it in this episode. It was simple. It was not complex. It was simple. Mm-hmm. It had some importance to what was covered, but it was not complicated by any means. It, it did and it didn't, you know? Well, yeah, but I guess that's what we're here to talk about, isn't it? Yes. So we'll start our conversation talking about Emma and Lily and their friendship. It started out in Hopkins, Minnesota, 1998. And Hopkins, Minnesota, we've got a little forum thread about this and Slurpees suggested some ideas about where Hopkins, Minnesota plays into all of this. And that is that Hopkins, Minnesota is a real life suburb of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Mm -hmm. And Eddie Kitsis is from Minneapolis, according to his Wikipedia page. So it's possible that maybe Hopkins was where Kitsis actually grew up. And that's why they chose Hopkins, Minnesota for this. They chose New York City because that's where Adam Horowitz is from. And some of these other locations they've chosen for different significant reasons. New York is so obscure. I wondered how they got there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You'd think with all the monster attacks and the occasional alien attacks and all the natural disasters, everything that happens to New York, Mm -hmm. you'd think that they'd choose somewhere else, but nope, (laughs) something else happens there. The other thing though, that I found in doing some research about Hopkins and maybe some possible connections is that there is a research foundation called the Pitt Hopkins Research Foundation, and they are studying this uh, neurodevelopmental disease that there are a few hundred recorded cases, and it's thought that maybe it's underdiagnosed, but it is a developmental disease affecting a few hundred people out there, and there's no known cure for it. Pitt Hopkins Research Foundation is the primary foundation trying to fund the research behind this. And once upon a time, cast members have previously voiced support of this foundation, including Mm. previous auctions to raise money for this foundation to try and find a cure for this disease. Hmm. So I wonder if maybe that was a little nod to their one of their charities that they've supported. Maybe that's a good link. Other than that, I couldn't find any. I, I'm going to go with, though, the idea that Slurpees pointed out that it's probably Eddie Kitsis's hometown or maybe something significant to Eddie Kitsis's life. Maybe that's where he got married or he 
met his wife or, or he got the idea he read his first fairy tale i don't know <laughs> there's probably something significant it seems like any proper noun in once upon a time has some kind of significance we'll see <laughs> um i was looking up the significance of lily just because we know that what daniel just said every proper pronoun in once upon a time has significance and i know the only fairy tale character that i knew of named lily was from wonderland and that was the daughter of the white queen because she was looking for her daughter in a scene um but she was too young to play with alice and then she's a really minor character even if you go on wikipedia there's only like three lines written about her but then if i don't know if everyone noticed this but the name that her father called her when he came into the house was lilith uh which has a very different meaning than lily so lily actually means like purity uh, and Lilith means uh, it's means of the night, and it was the name of a demon in some ancient myths. And uh, in the Jewish tradition, was Adam's first wife sent out of Eden and replaced by Eve because Lilith would not submit to Adam. So that is, I don't really foresee there being much significance in her name other than there's two different, like very different meanings between the two names, like between what she went by and what her actual name was. And Emma kind of saw that she was very two-faced, kind of like she lied to Emma. I don't know. Do you guys think that she's going to be important in the future? Well, I felt like no. I I spent some time in the forums this week. There is a whole discussion about Lily there. there one person did mention... And I, you know, I haven't seen, there's not a lot of citation. I'm not sure where it comes from precisely, but there was some mention of Lilith being the name of a, some female demon myth, um, mm-hmm. which <laughs> I can't see once upon a time going all uh, demon activity. But the, the important <laughs> bit of that was that this character in this myth was desperate because she was invisible and unloved by her family. Mm-hmm. Which I found interesting. So maybe we, we can link to this uh, particular conversation in the show notes. Yeah, and that will be at oncepodcast.com slash 165. Lily is also, of course, the name of a flower. And one thing maybe connected here is mm-hmm. Lily made that little star mark mm-hmm. on Emma's wrist that she later wiped off. Well, that was on Emma's right wrist. Later on in Emma's lifetime, she has a flower tattoo on her left wrist. We see it most prominently in the episode Tallahassee when she's being caught by the police. She puts her hands up and you can very definitely see the tattoo there. We'll have a screenshot of that in the show notes, oncepodcast.com slash 165. I do wonder, is that flower supposed to be a lily? It's a very simple drawing of a flower. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't look like a lily. I I did make that connection as well because it's been, like, even uh, Jennifer Morrison has answered that question on Twitter. She says, I don't have a tattoo Emma does. So it's not an actual tattoo on her, but it's probably symbolic if they're painting it on Emma every time her wrist is exposed. And it is a flower, but I don't, like, if it's a lily, it's not a very good one. <laughs> But I could be wrong. <laughs> I, I would agree. Um, you know, as far as significance goes, it was also mentioned in this same conversation that everybody's having in the forums. One person was kind of like, well, how could a girl branded with anything on her wrist really be a throwaway on this show? <laughs> yeah, branded. 
That's the weird thing. That, that was an interesting mm-hmm. word they chose, yeah. Because maybe she's one of little Bo Peeps. Peeps. <laughs> oh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> it is not just a tattoo on Lily's wrist. It mm-hmm. does look like an actual birth, branding. Birthmark or branding. Yeah, something that looks like it was burned on. It has an actual border to it. And it looks like more than just a tattoo. Or that there's might be some more history to it than just a tattoo. And yeah, it does make me wonder, even if this is a throwaway character, we may see her again. Mm-hmm. If for no other reason to see Emma be able to reconcile all of her relationships with Latinos. That would be great. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, Nicole, <laughs> Nicole Munoz is the actress who plays Lily uh-huh. and she is Latino. Latina. Lana Perea. Latina. Lana Perea is also Latina. Uh-huh. So I, I think maybe Emma has some issues there. She needs to deal with <laughs> Do you think maybe they cast somebody who looked like Lana Puria to play Lily so that we would kind of see the parallels there? I did wonder that. <laughs> and in fact, here is an absolutely crazy idea, but I'm going to throw oh, it out yes. there just in case it might someday be correct. But I'm not going to hold on to this or say that <laughs> I support this true? theory. <laughs> what if well, when we see Lily, Lily and Emma are about the same age. Lily's what? future Henry. No. Wait, what? Almost. It's almost that crazy. <laughs> what if when the curse took place, Regina was split and a baby Regina <laughs> appeared as well <laughs> as a baby Emma out in, um, in Maine near Storybrooke? Because Lily did say she was adopted as well. So what if I know this is crazy stupid. I'm not even going to hold on to this theory and may never mention it again. But what if Lily is actually a split of Regina in like, some way? I like that you have a shadow of a doubt as to whether you will or will not ever mention this again. <laughs> I may want to block it out of my memory later on. Maybe you may not have a choice. <laughs> See, maybe. Like, here's my thing about this story. They took a lot of time on this Emma-Lily relationship. And if it is nothing other than just for us to show, like to show us the parallels between what's happening in the present with Regina and what's happening in the past with Lily, or just like a setup for the big reveal at the end, they spend an awfully lot of time to do that. So if she's not significant in any other way, I feel like they maybe could have shortened that part and added in some more detail. Yeah. Or something more like detail about something more important than that yeah although i'm not sure they spend as much time there as it felt like they did maybe but emma is uh, i believe would would have been 15 in these flashbacks if it was 1998 does that make sense to yeah you I, I think so so then she's been on her own i think they said in tallahassee since she was 16 so there's not a whole lot of time in between this flashback and Tallahassee for us to cover now in Emma's life. So hopefully we'll get the big reveal that we're going to talk about. We'll get some more information about that. There were some crazy little things I saw as I was looking for details. So I may be reading into some of these things. But well, for one thing, the Pop-Tarts like things that Emma 
was mm-hmm. stealing from that grocery yeah. store. Exact same flavor and exact same brand of tarts that she had at the sheriff's office that she then gave to Will in the jail. Mm-hmm. Blueberry toaster tarts. Well, we know what to get Emma if she ever visits. Yeah. <laughs> Another crazy detail is right outside of that market when Emma and Lily are leaving, there's some graffiti on the back. There are two mm-hmm. different things of graffiti. One of them oh, doesn't of really these. make sense. The other one looks like it says Cora. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, that's it's not the one. right outside the market you and just Cora. before they start running. I'm Maybe Lily Cora. is Cora. <laughs> I'm seeing Cora all over the place. But don't forget, Cora is also uh, very similar to, well, basically means in some languages, heart. Like Corazon, the Spanish word for heart. Mm-hmm. I saw the word always over their shoulders. Is that yeah. another one? Yeah. yeah, always. And then there was something else that looked like it said violent. And then it was sprayed over with something <laughs> always else. Always violent. Yeah. Always Emma violent. and Lily. <laughs> the other interesting detail, maybe I'm reading too much into this. You know, I do that sometimes. The license plate on Lily's dad's car was FVL371. Made me think of Fival. Or which wasn't Disney though. Future version Lana. <gasps> oh <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> it's like a wooden boy, August W. Booth. <laughs> Who was born in March of 1971? Or Forever Violent Lily. <laughs> <laughs> which is forever's kind of like always. There you go. Yeah. <gasps> Um, I loved the comment that Lily made when they were um, in the store when Emma was trying to steal the Pop-Tarts. And she said, stuffing things under your shirt never works, <laughs> which I thought was funny because in Tallahassee, she has all the stuff shoved under her shirt to make her look pregnant, which is how she got away with it doesn't stealing work all of this stuff. Child birth and age. <laughs> hey, 15. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> That's funny. The more I watch these scenes between Emma and Lily, the more I realize that I don't think Lily actually was lying at all. She oh. said later on, I lied to you about my family. But look back at what she said in the market there. She said, my parents are outside. She did lie. And told me to come get some things. But her dad was outside in the car. Oh. What if he was actually waiting for her? And then he sees her walking away and then start running. And so that's why then he got, he started driving in the car and said, hey, uh, like, where are you huh. going? It's hey. possible. But Emma asked if he was from social services and she mm-hmm. said yes. No. Here's the thing though. Emma asked Lily, were you in a home? Lily didn't answer that. Mm -hmm. Then Emma asked two questions Mm -hmm. and Lily answered after the second. Emma's two questions were, was he from social services? Was he trying to take you back? Mm -hmm. That's when Lily said yes, which is true. He was trying to take her back. An impression was given. Yes. And Emma (laughs) believed it. And Lily apologized for doing it so does it do you have a particular reason that it matters that she did or did not directly lie it was misleading but it wasn't a direct lie and so i think that emma's superpower 
didn't have okay. to activate, but then maybe... Because that would be the thing, because I was like, well, so much for the superpower when she was that age. She might not have had the superpower yet, guys. Yeah, maybe that's Maybe she hadn't been well. lied to while radioactive yet. And also, just if I can be a lawyer like Daniel is right now, if she was adopted, <laughs> at some point, he would have been from social services in the sense that she would have met him through social services. Uh, yeah, that's true. Because too. that's how you adopt children generally. Yeah, that's true. Wow. Depending on when she was adopted. Lily could totally sue for Emma's friendship back. She has got <laughs> legal grounds. Sounds like Emma is maybe having a change of heart and might actually forgive her. <laughs> yeah. If only they could find each other again. Which Always. if Emma had taken the address... I might think that we would see Lily again for mm-hmm. sure that Emma would go and mend things. But no, she didn't take the address. Nope. But she did take the video camera. Yeah. So there could be some wait. Unless that house wasn't I was under the impression that they broke into Lily's own family's summer house. Actually, I think that could be too. How because else? The dad just like got in and. Yeah. How would he have known to go there? Yeah. So then, <laughs> if that is Lily's camera, there could be something, some way of Emma finding her. Yeah. Finding people's what she does. So. Mm-hmm. Or did. Not sure why she'd need to find Lily again at this point. To forgive her. Well. Because she's like a myth- mythological demon. It would be very. Oh. <laughs> it would be very difficult. For me to see her prioritizing that over, you know, some of the other things going on in town. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. true. At this point. Though maybe it will be part of the end game of the whole story. But something tying into the beginning game of this whole story is (laughs) how Henry ran away and how Emma ran away are very similar. They both left in the middle of the night and got on a bus. I know that's that's very simple, (laughs) but it is very similar. And close in age but not not all that close because emma is older now in these flashbacks than henry was when he ran away don't stop believing and henry already had the credit card (laughs) that you needed (laughs) right and he ran away (laughs) that's true shifting then from emma's relationship with one latina to another oh boy (laughs) (laughs) her relationship with regina has I think really developed well on this episode. At least Regina's no longer trying to kill Emma. As she said, that's progress. It had some interesting (laughs) things written upon it. I don't know if it developed per se. Yeah. Well, it's developed in the sense of a Polaroid. Yeah. (laughs) And pointed in the right direction. Sure. But Emma said to Regina, You've had my back, and I want you to know that I have yours. The last time Emma said that was in the flashbacks when she said that with Lily, Mm -hmm. and her trust was misplaced. I really want to see Regina not betray people's trust this time Mm -hmm. and do the right thing, which it really seems that, in general, Regina is doing the right thing. She's doing it in some of the wrong ways, I think, but she is still basically kind of trying to do the right thing well sure uh i I have a problem with some of the stuff that was developed in their relationship here simply because they were a bit out of character 
it was i it's hard to put my finger on it they were a little off and so i don't know how much of it is going to stick because there's a tendency sometimes with certain episodes to kind of come in and try to explore this topic in a way that doesn't totally work for the characters and other writers maybe stay truer to the character's nature and so in another episode mm-hmm. you go well what happened to da 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 and it's more like well that probably shouldn't have been written because it was out of character. So now they're back on track and they're not quite so best friendy. I mean, even Emma's taking back saying that she and Regina hated each other when they got there and going, well, hate might be the wrong word. No, it wasn't. Things were bad. <laughs> she was the evil queen. It yeah. was hate. Yeah. <laughs> Don't try to be like, ah, well, she was the popular girl and I, you know, we didn't really get along, but I guess we didn't really hate each other. Well, Emma didn't hate Regina. Yeah, I agree. I don't think Emma hated Regina. She just wanted to have be in her kid's life. She didn't believe in all the curse and all that stuff yet. Okay. Well, that's, that's true. I guess season one, maybe at first she didn't. It might've been. Regina some... hated everybody in season one. There might've so. been some hate going on when. Emma finally woke up, and I remember a Beat certain supply then... closet that took a little bit of a beating <laughs> yeah, along with true. Regina. Regina seemed way more in evil queen mode in this episode than we've seen present day Regina. Oh yeah, I think ever even like she's she's never spoken that nasty to Emma before. Like it's always been kind of this like quiet like you don't know what I'm capable of and I'm going to mm. show you in this like quiet threat, not this like screaming match. I hate you sort of attitude. So I felt that that was really over the top. Like she hasn't been like that with Emma, even since Emma brought Marion back. Except that it was still a little bit comparatively high school. Yeah. It wasn't yeah. like I shall destroy your happiness. It was kind of like, you're irritating me. What do I have to do to get you to go away? You made me lose my boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> now he's with someone well, else. Like, you're just going to follow me anyway. Just what, what good would it do for me to tell you to not follow me? Because you're just going to do it anyway. Hold on while I look at myself in the mirror. <laughs> <laughs> it's so. funny, though. <laughs> it's funny, though, that you say that because in interviews, I think even in the official once, like the magazine that was released mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Um, Jennifer Morrison was saying Emma's like emotionally stunted. Like she doesn't know she didn't have a proper childhood. She doesn't know how to react to things. And so yeah. she said when she was having trouble, like if she was ever having trouble channeling, like how to do a scene, she would be like, mm-hmm. okay, well, what would a 14 year old do? Here? And I always think that stuff makes sense from her for some reason. So, but Regina didn't have a childhood either. And that's what Emma was saying at the end. Like, true. we're alike. Like, we understand each other because we've gone through the same thing. So I think maybe Regina channels more like an 18-year-old because <laughs> that's what happened when, like, with Daniel and everything-ish. I don't want to um, kill you. Kind of kicks the floor. <laughs> yeah. I loved her choice of words. She didn't say I'm not going to. She just said right. I don't want to. She said almost like I will if I have to like, at some point. So to me, it makes sense that their fights would be a little bit high school because of the emotional maturity of each of them. I guess I guess there's there's some truth to that. It's kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I guess on another note... How long has this whole thing been going on? Like since Elsa arrived, 
since Marion was frozen, at least since Marion was frozen, because I feel like this has been Regina's 40 hour a week job for quite a <laughs> while now, and she's not really getting anywhere. But Elsa still hasn't changed her clothes. Well, they're made of ice and magic. She has a cape now. <laughs> she probably yes. made that. Yes. See, I think she made it out of ice the way she made her dress in the movie. Which oh, you don't think that uh, the clothes horse stopped by? Well, it could be that too. <laughs> Why would she need one though? Because the cold never bothered her anyway. Well, that may be true to Elsa, but it might not be true to the girl who plays Elsa. And yeah. Since temperatures are plummeting in Canada now. That's true. <laughs> she just didn't want to ruin her nice white <laughs> nightgown. But it's out of character for Elsa to wear a cloak because the cold never bothered her anyway. Has she ever said... Oh, yeah, she has even said that in once upon a time. <laughs> it never bothered me. Yeah, almost... It was... We got this great feedback from Michelle. And by the way, if you tried to send us feedback before, I'm sorry about the bouncing emails. We had a problem. I, I created a problem on our feedback system that it disabled our email address. And so you might have received a bounce from... Uh, if you sent us feedback, that's why our last couple podcasts haven't included much feedback. But that problem is fixed now. So Michelle successfully sent us this feedback saying, <laughs> I like the idea that they're setting Regina up to be the ultimate villain on the show, especially after the, this most recent episode. I do think that's a bit of a different take from this, but let's yep. move on with what Michelle is thinking here. <laughs> a brief summary of the evidence. Operation Mongoose, obviously in direct opposition to Operation Cobra, and the plan to force the author to rewrite the book. And what it's doing to Henry. For example, using Neil to get Rumpel to give him a job under false pretenses. Her magic in this episode was dark red, not pure white like Emma's. And like her own was in episode 320, Kansas. And the Snow Queen saying to Sidney about his mirror that the person who trapped you in here imbued it with much dark magic. One big thing that was also prominent in this episode was the way Regina was treating Emma. First of all, if she'd really changed, surely Regina would be grateful to Emma for having one less person's blood on her hands. And of course, there's the fact that it eventually would have come up anyway, and then she would have had no chance with Robin. As things stand, he still loves her. In my opinion, this just doesn't seem like a genuine redemption arc. I think those are some really interesting points, mm. but I think they could also be explained by the fact that Regina is just struggling and still using some of the things that she knows, the dark magic and such. Yeah, that's the power that she has. And I think Elsa said it really well that she said to them, the two of you need to mend your differences or Storybrooke doesn't stand a chance. I have been getting increasingly frustrated with the fact that Regina is supposed to be this woman who ruled the enchanted forest for how many years under dark magic? Like yeah. everybody was terrified of her. She was like a mass murderer. She was not a pleasant person. And now every time a new villain comes in, they are way more powerful than she is like the wicked witch the Snow Queen, they all seem to have way more power than her. Regina's Care Bear stare against the snowman in this episode didn't even phase it. Yeah. Like Emma's was way more powerful than Regina's, and it wasn't until they worked together that they were able to defeat it. So 
I'm wondering if, is she losing her magic or are these people, these villains that are, are they just playing at it now to make it seem like they're a real threat? Well, I think that a lot of, most characters aren't magical. So if Regina were the only magic act in town, you know, and she wanted to rule the town, she could fling snow and charming around all day long and they wouldn't be able to stop her. So she would be more powerful than almost anyone in the town. But then these villains keep popping up and magic doesn't seem to work as well against other magical characters. In our chat room right now, while we're doing this live on a Wednesday, 8 p.m. Eastern time, oncepodcast.com slash live, Rose mentioned, notice she has been wearing a lot of gray. She is in a very gray area. And (laughs) I noticed more so than usual her attire recently too like a couple episodes ago is fairly casual but that's because she's not the mayor this Mm -hmm. time in this episode it is back to her kind of business casual or business attire but it is yeah a lot of gray color Mm -hmm. not as much black or some of the other colors that she's worn before and we've seen them use color to signify certain things Mm -hmm. that people use as like Mm -hmm. her colors have gotten regina's colors have gotten progressively darker in the enchanted forest when she became progressively darker. Mm-hmm. And I think this is if I could totally be making this up, but I think this is the second episode in a row where Emma has been wearing white and Emma's magic is white. So I like the parallel, right? Like she's supposed to be pure good magic. Yeah. So that's interesting. I haven't, I didn't really notice Regina's gray clothes, but I really like that parallel that it is with her current situation. Speaking of pure white magic pure good magic that does amazing things i want to thank some people who helped make this episode of once podcast possible with your pure good magic in the form of green dollar bills that our web hamsters love to eat david newland lisa slack amy uh, cadillier bridget J, and amanda robar thank you very much for your kind donations to this episode and we also have nine backers on patreon We really appreciate the support. It helps keep the server running, the media hosting, all the plugins that we have to pay for in order to run the website, because it's not just free stuff that we're using. We do have to pay for some of the things to do certain stuff, like keep spam out, allow you to be able to log in easily and certain things like that. So we really appreciate the support. Big, big thank you to David, Lisa, Amy, Bridget, Jay, and Amanda. And by the way, Amy is a new subscribing donator, so she's set up to automatically donate every single month. You can do something similar to that. As you hear many of these names over and over every now and then, you can donate a one-time donation, an automatic monthly donation, or even a per-episode donation through Patreon. All of those options are available over at oncepodcast.com slash sponsor, and we would love to have your support. But even if you can't support us financially, the best way you can help us out is tell someone else about the podcast. Tweet it, share it on Facebook. If you're in a Uh, once upon a time community then mention when we publish a new episode share certain things from the forums we really appreciate every little bit of support we can get even if it's just word of mouth you're telling someone else but thank you also to those who sponsor us financially david lisa amy bridget and amanda and our patreon backers for this episode we really appreciate it check out your options over at oncepodcast.com slash sponsor one other Last thing I want to mention on Emma and Regina, while they were on the ice bridge and it was collapsing the staircase, all I could think about was 
Emma out on a rope bridge and yep. Regina making it collapse so that she would <laughs> save herself. Why were they were they in danger? Could they not save themselves? Surely Regina could at least. Right. Emma should have said, wait, we've been here before. It's okay. I'll just build it all back up again. <laughs> they should have had a trust fight on the way down. And then one of them or both of them together just rebuilt the bridge. Ooh, that was like some kind of trust exercise or something there. <laughs> but maybe it's because Emma can't control ice. Remember, she made the bridge or that thing that saved her she before. She can do wood and rope. Basically tree-related things. But not ice. <laughs> but not ice. Well, she did find a moment later on the big ice monster. Speaking of doing fine, Mary Margaret did okay. <laughs> and Neil did okay, too. And Belle did apparently okay. did, too. I just question Mary Margaret's sanity in leaving her ch- newborn baby with the wife of the guy who tries to steal everybody's newborn babies. <laughs> well, that's just their firstborn. This is a secondborn. So he's oh, sorry. Safe. Baby Neil yeah. is safe. Right. <laughs> and what happened to Granny in her crossbow babysitting service? Like, that's... I'm well, sure Belle was very good for, to Neil. Maybe she was one of the emergency contacts. Granny's hasn't <laughs> been this popular this year. I don't know. It's like bad vibes. Granny's kind of been with the dwarfs on the whole, like, you fix this and mean, mean to me, Mayor, Mayor, <laughs> guys, Mayor, Mary, Margaret. That's an awful thing to try to say. Mayor Snow <laughs> has so much more ring to it. Have we seen the inside of Granny's this season at all? Yeah. yeah. No. Sure about yeah, that? At the party. At yeah. the party. And uh, also, we did not go back inside. But last episode, when Emma asked Hook out on a date, he was oh. throwing darts. Yeah. Oh, and, right. And Henry and Regina met yeah. at Granny's. Hmm. Well, I think. good. Yeah, then they it's did. not closing. Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> although, here's the little interesting side thing, is although we see the outside of Granny's in Storybrooke, or in the actual physical town of Steveston, the inside of Granny's is a studio somewhere else. So it's not yeah, like they have no is. longer. Yeah. Are you still sure about that? Yeah. Okay. Hmm. I thought the special features on one of the seasons said otherwise. Uh, well, Rumpel's shop is real, the inside and the outside. Mm-hmm. Uh, I and don't know also, if it is anymore. Yeah, anymore. We don't. That could be a spoiler. <laughs> it wasn't when I was there because I was inside Rumpel's shop, and it wasn't. It didn't look like that. It was. Mm-hmm. It's an actual shop now. Also, Regina's house they purchased. I'm not sure if they still own it, but they did at one time purchase it. And so all the outdoor shots and the indoor shots, I think, if I'm remembering which house it was correctly. Hmm. Something really weird to me, this stands out to me in TV shows when people like say, let's step over here and have a private conversation. And it's like two feet away from the person. (laughs) It's like, I can still hear you. Come on. Well, this instance right here where Mary Margaret is on the beach with David and he leaves. <laughs> it was the opposite of that. He, yeah. He <laughs> takes maybe 10 steps away and that's when Mary Margaret hears Will digging in the sand and she has this kind of back and forth. David is right there. Oh, he was already off stage he's, though. <laughs> he's still in, in normal inside voice audible distance. <laughs> I know, we didn't even hear the sound of a whoosh like he went into a hat or any other kind of portal. He didn't go to Asgard right there. 
I knew you guys that we know of. (laughs) Although maybe he does know where that portal is. (laughs) Well, apparently. And that radios work between there and Storybrooke. Yeah. But just think, we would have missed the witty conversation between Mary Margaret and Will if she had just gotten charming. It wouldn't have been as witty. It wouldn't have been as funny. Right. It was charming and Will. It's true. That was a lot of fun, that little <laughs> conversation. And Will actually was being kind of smart in how he handled that mm. now that he's sober, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> Happens to the best of us. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Do you think there's anything significant inside of Will's sack? I think that there's a way for him to travel out of Storybrook. Oh. A dead white rabbit? Maybe the white rabbit. Dead. Alive. No, oh, if he would well. bury the white rabbit in a sack. He buried the map. Well, he was drunk, too. <laughs> he did it. So Maybe that's why he can't find it, because the white rabbit can dig. So It wouldn't be the first thing he buried accidentally. <laughs> oh, man. I, I cannot wait. I seriously cannot wait to get the rest of his story. Yeah, we keep seeing just little bits of him in each episode and he was a major character one of the main characters from once upon a time in wonderland now he's over here it'd really be great to see some more from him i'm sure we'll get that soon maybe that might be part of the mid-season finale Mm -hmm. i do find it interesting that you found a lily connection to the alice in wonderland stories at this particular point in time. There's been, I I feel like in every episode since Will has appeared, so the last, I think, three, there has been a Wonderland connection that we've talked about in the podcast. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if they're doing that on purpose or if we can just find Wonderland connections because it's fairy tales, but I I like that. And maybe more people will watch Once Wonderland now to get caught up. Yeah. Listen to our podcast about it. If Disney ever releases it on DVD and Blu-ray. I'm going to be very disappointed if they don't. Should do a Blu-ray, DVD, CD, soundtrack combo. Yeah. All the physical medias. VHS <laughs> <One place>. too. <laughs> VHS. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> Bad news. Speaking of bad news, Emma and the Snow Queen have some kind of history and here's something to think about either snow queen erased emma's memories each time snow queen had interactions with her not very likely or because there's a photograph of emma getting ice cream or not getting ice cream but talking to the snow queen in the ice cream shop it's very likely it seems that emma remembered everything about the snow queen up until sometime in season one mm-hmm. because that's when that photo is supposed to be from and some of our very observant uh, listeners in the forums over at oncepodcast.com have compared screenshots and said that is not the same jacket emma was wearing when there was the scene where she and henry did go get ice cream yeah oh okay she was wearing something else at that point well, but- and like when was Sydney following Emma in season one? Because that jacket she didn't have until like partway through the season. It's the episode I asked about last podcast, True North. She didn't get her stuff until that episode, True North. She only had the red jacket until then, hmm. if I am not mistaken. Well, and Sydney was following Emma the most 
at the beginning of the season. Yeah. Uh, the first season. So th- those pictures seem very... So it was like, oh, first time I walked him to school. First time I took him for Coco. Nine weeks later, the first time I saw the Snow Queen, who I remembered from my childhood. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. extremely confusing because she has this ice cream shop in town. But apparently Emma doesn't remember ever having met her before. But how long? When do they think the ice cream shop opened? With the last curse? Well, no, this ice cream shop photo was from season one. So from the I know, first curse. But what does the town think about that? Because oh. she did not come over in the curse. Right. And it seems that Emma doesn't remember her existence, her face at all. So or- she just walks by the ice cream shop and doesn't even... She didn't come over in the first curse. Actually, we don't know that. No, we do, because we, they said that the curse created the... Oh, that's... Oh, but that's the second curse, because they're in the second curse now. So she They said either didn't, curse. They were pretty specific. Yeah, <laughs> oh, okay. so... They didn't want us to have all these loopholes where maybe she... <laughs> they were like, no, for real, guys, she didn't come over in a curse. <laughs> but then again... Well, yeah. Emma and Pinocchio came over not from the curse, and they weren't in the record book, probably. Mm-hmm. So right. she could have come over at the same time as the curse, maybe like hitched a ride on the dark curse somehow. <laughs> Gotten out of Storybrooke. Yeah, because the earliest we know of her outside of Storybrooke is when she was the foster mother to Emma. And that mm-hmm. is clearly at least 10, 15 or so years after the curse. Maybe Blue Fairy is going to come out and be like, Gosh darn it, I lied again. It had power for three people. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ask me to drive on an empty tank of gas. (laughs) So are we... I don't know. (laughs) Sorry. I don't know what... I don't know what to theorize about this because as far as we know, you can't get out of Storybrooke. Uh. (laughs) Well, unless you weren't cursed then you could come and go, presumably. So if the curse, or regardless of how Snow Queen got to our world, she knew Storybrooke existed somehow, Mm -hmm. and she got there before Emma did, presumably. Mm -hmm. She and Emma had some kind of interaction, and that's probably when Snow Queen erased Emma's memories. And at that point, maybe Emma remembered her, you're saying, from before, as a foster mother. And then it's like, how are you here? Or why are you here? But of course, Emma didn't necessarily believe that there was anything weird about the town at that time. That's true. So who knows what they were talking about? She um, could have just been like, hey, small world. I didn't like you. <laughs> hey, she, yeah, she seemed like a nice, well, in the four seconds that we saw of her on the thing, she was saying like, we respect people's property. She was kind of sticking up for Emma. And yeah. she smiled. And had a big nose. Well, in the camera. <laughs> awkward shot for them the to line. freeze on. <laughs> <laughs> so then did she erase everyone's memories and yet maintain her running of the ice cream shop somehow at some point? What happened to her when the town disappeared and then was brought back? On and on my questions go about the logistics of this whole thing. She was just left there out in the middle of nowhere with her ice cream shop, maybe. Right. <laughs> right. But people have gotten ice cream before. So that, I think, supports this idea that the ice cream shop has been there for all of this time. Mm-hmm. 
across all of the curses and so different people seasons. Sarah Fisher is new. Do they think she's always been there? Why would Emma not know her face at least? At least from around town. Well, Emma doesn't know did. everyone in town yet. I mean, do you know everyone in your town? Yes. In your neighborhood? Mm-hmm. On your street? Mm-hmm. Do you, dear listener, know <laughs> everyone on your street? <laughs> I'm kind of at an unfair disadvantage because there's only five houses on my street. So. <laughs> do you, Aaron, know everyone on your street then? I, I don't, actually. <laughs> <laughs> like, I know, like, the the face to the house. Like, okay, that person's not breaking in. They live there. I don't, like know their names and stuff and there's only five houses yeah on my block so there you go people are too busy now to get to know their neighbors yeah they're too busy with curses it makes and... it very easy to erase other people's memories and yeah get away with it apparently it's very easy to erase people's memories because elsa's got no memory of her and neither does emma yeah so why is she covering up these memories i know that's a big question that we're we don't have the answer to maybe she's an alien <laughs> and it's men in black tying in. Oh, boy. By the way, in our initial reactions, I mentioned that little coffin sort of thing at the beginning, the ice coffin. Ice block. Yeah, that was actually Anna that Snow Queen was making, the fake Anna. Oh. oh. Because when the fake Anna vanished, froze up and vanished, when she froze up, her eyes glowed blue just like at the beginning of that scene. Okay. And it okay. wasn't until later that Snow Queen had said, I'm going to build a snowman. Oh. <laughs> so that first thing that we saw was actually the fake Anna being yeah. made out of ice. Well, okay. I'm, hmm. I'm wondering why Elsa didn't realize that if she had to build a ice staircase up to her sister, how did her sister, who she had been chasing, get up there? She had a blonde moment. She was too busy yelling, Walt! I mean, Anna! (laughs) Anna, I have a purple cloak I need to show you! (laughs) Um, What do we think the Ice Queen... So, okay, she's trying to get Elsa to learn how to not fear? Yeah, there were some conflicting things here, I think. No, see, I, I still think... That she wanted her to fear. I think she was... I think that was true. Maybe. Maybe not. But then when when Elsa came and Care Bear stared her, she was like, oh, like, you learned to control your fear. I saw that as pleasantly surprised. Okay. Not planned. I was taking most of what she said at face value, like, I need you to fear (laughs) because I really kind of just need you out of the way. For that reason. Well, I've got two hands. I can grab two necks. Here are the things, the, the, the little pieces of information that we had. One is that well, Snow Queen needs Elsa for something. And then a little bit later, she said, I need you out of the way, or at least right now. That's mm-hmm. what she needs. It makes me wonder, is Elsa the only one who can stop the Snow Queen? Maybe. And Snow Queen had also said, your worry, your fear are exactly what is needed right now. Mm-hmm. Because it keeps you locked down in these chains. Yeah. But, but apparently all you have to do is say, I'm not afraid, I'm not afraid, and then you can break the chains. Yeah. It works for Chinese handcuffs, too. <laughs> but the, just a little bit later, Elsa then, you know, snow blasts, 
Snow Queen. And that's when Snow Queen says, you, basically she said, you overcame your fear. Good. Or she seemed Mm -hmm. to speak of it in positive terms. And surprise, I would add. So what is it? Do you want Elsa to fear or not to fear? Well, she wanted to not (laughs) blast her before she got the mirror. And then she had what she wanted and she left. That's true. I think. I think that it was all, it all felt more complicated. I think that the Snow Queen speaks in a very mysterious tone, but sometimes. Just like <laughs> from Lost. It's like, let's put it this way. I think these scenes were as simple as the rest of the episode, but Elizabeth Mitchell adds some layers to the character that made it feel as though perhaps there was more going on. And I'm not sure there was. Yeah. Well, here's something else to consider. Snow Queen said to Elsa that Elsa had the chance to conquer her fear, but she squandered that chance in some way that saved the Snow Queen. Hmm. Well, that makes it even more complicated. But see there again, I think that that meant, fortunately for me, because I can now trap you by your fear because you didn't. I could be wrong. Maybe she was referencing a specific incident, but I thought she just meant, hey, you squandered that other time. So cool. Now I can trap you with fear. I think there's something bigger, something else that she needs either from Elsa or needs to make sure Elsa can't do. The whole discussion of fear really reminds me of this series that's really popular right now, Divergent. I don't know if you guys have read it, but... In the books, the the people in the one faction are injected with this serum that makes their worst fears come to life in a simulation. And the only way out of the simulation is to calm your heartbeat and basically face your fear, like calm yourself down to get out of the simulation. And they do this so that in a situation kind of where they're faced with fear, they're able to respond. It's like they're raising an army. They need people who are not going to you know crumble and fall when they're faced with their worst fears they're teaching them how to face their fears so i wonder if that could be part of the snow queen's motive as well because once anna is able to control her fear she's able to control her magic and it might seem like that's going to backfire And perhaps it will, but perhaps that is exactly what the Snow Queen wants. She wants her to be able to very deliberately control her fear and her power. Hmm. Maybe she's trying to make her into like her soldier, Hmm. as it sounds like she might have in the past. And how does this tie in with the mirror? And well, really back up. How does the mirror tie in with all of this? Because as Snow Queen said of the mirror. Mirrors reflect our mood, our desire, our essence. They are a temporary receptacle for some tiny fraction of our soul. So the mirror can see into your soul. Hmm. And is infused with dark magic. Wow. And... You were right, Jeremy. In our initial reactions, I was thinking that the mirror was not complete based on what Mm. Snow Queen was saying. But no, she was saying her plan Mm -hmm. is almost complete. Right. But the mirror, it's finished. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So clearly the mirror has connections with the original Snow Queen story by Hans Christian Andersen. 
Yes. Especially if it is made up of little pieces of mirror that are all infused by various dark magic. Yeah. Because that would totally be exactly what the Snow Queen was or in, in the original fairy tale. Like there was this mirror that made people evil, basically. But it's kind of, dis- no, not kind of. I will say it is disappointing that Snow Queen is apparently evil like this. Just because she wants a family that loves her. (laughs) And that's why she's evil. (laughs) It's just, uh, in the forums, they've listed all of the villains. (laughs) And most of the villains, except for Korra and Peter Pan, most of the villains we've seen have been villains just because they wanted somebody to love them. Mm -hmm. It's called psychosis. Yeah. I actually rolled my eyes when she said that, guys. I don't know yeah. if that's like I like loudly was like you loudly <sighs> rolled your eyes, and then I rolled my eyes. I was like, seriously, again? Yeah, it was uh, really. I, I'll confess, it was a little anticlimactic mm-hmm. for those words to come out of her mouth because it's kind of like we don't have an actual villain this time. It's someone that's just misunderstood or misguided. Well, that's fine. I think. I mean, that's fine, but, you know, a twist on the motivation might be cool. Something a little more specific. They're often after these generalities. Yeah. You know, Rumple. Yeah. part of what was compelling about that story is that he was after his son, a specific person. But he was willing to do anything and take anyone's life mm-hmm. in order to get to his son. Right. But it wasn't just, he wasn't just on some rampage in a search for a son Someone to represent a son for a family that loved him. It was, hmm, that was my son and I messed up everything and now I'm going to mess up more everything to get him back. <laughs> so that was, that was a villain with a compelling. Yeah. And, I, you know, Regina's story has been really good too. But, you know, you can only do it so many times and yeah. have it mean quite the same thing. I feel like for the age demographic of the show... Like, so that that's one constraint. And then another constraint is they're going with this theory of evil isn't born, it's made. And then they're trying, like, there's not very many evil motives that somebody can have that fit into both of those boxes to keep the show, like, not as dark because there are younger viewers that watch it and to keep it within this whole... It's circumstance that led these people to these actions rather than they're just innately evil. They're just born that way. Right. And they, they want they want everyone to be in a place where they might come back. Which is, you know, there there's some value in those types of stories, but it might be interesting to see a villain that's just <laughs> kind of committed. <laughs> I wonder if this is maybe Snow Queen or Sarah Fisher's motives for being a foster mom for a while. And by the way, mm-hmm. props to, I know I'm not going to mention everybody, but uh, Hannah and Edgar, I know right off the top of my mind, and also Katie and uh, 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 Lena had predicted accurately now that Sarah Fisher would have been Emma's foster parent at some point. Me too. Yeah, Aaron, you too. <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was what was suggested by the way... She said it, which, again, gives some major acting props to being able to say Emma's name one time, one way, and have people 
realize what kind of relationship it probably was. Right. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the timing felt strange. But I think sometimes I forget Emma's age, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Because she acts like a 14 year old. Maybe. No. <laughs> No, because it just wasn't as long ago that she could have been in, you know, in the foster system in her teens. Not as long as it seems like. Do you guys think that perhaps when Sarah Fisher was Emma's foster parent, she had no idea who Emma was? Like, do you guys think perhaps like I'm just thinking she could have made some kind of a deal with Rumpelstiltskin or somebody? Ended up in our world. That's how she ended up not being in Storybrooke. When Elsa got trapped in the urn, she ended up in our world to get a happy family. And then something happened in our world that prevented that. So she ended up with, you know, all these kids that run away, as we know Emma did. And that that maybe once, I I don't know, maybe once um, Emma came into Storybrooke, that's... That's when she could sense Storybrooke because that's when time started again. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just wondering if she knew Emma was hmm. well, a magic. Well, remember that Snow Queen and Rumpel had some kind of dealings. Yeah, for sure. That's, and, what, that's what's making me think that it must have been something like that. And there's something that Emma should not remember. Mm-hmm. That Snow Queen does not want her to remember. Same thing with Elsa, we presume. I mean, that's why they can't remember things. It's not just, I don't want you to remember me. It's, I don't want you to remember this specific thing. And we Mm -hmm. don't know what that specific thing is. Mm -hmm. And we think that that specific thing is from when Emma was a foster child, not from when Emma saw her later as the Snow Queen Uh, or as the ice cream lady. Because if my theory is correct... I don't think Emma's memories were lost until she came to Storybrooke and met the Snow Queen there in the ice cream shop. That's sometime around then, probably in season one, that's when Snow Queen erased Emma's memories. Or maybe it was like immediately, as soon as Emma saw Snow Queen, they had some kind of conversation, which from the photo, it almost looks like it might have been a slightly heated conversation. Mm -hmm. It does, yeah. But maybe that's (laughs) then... When <laughs> that's when Snow Queen then made Emma forget. <laughs> Did her thing. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Well, yeah, is that is that a thing she can do or did she need Rumple for that? Ooh, good Except point. Except that he was Mr. Gold at the time, so then the memory would have had to have been a different time. Regina erased her memory when she found out that Emma was gonna come for Henry when Henry was a baby. Right? In Storybrooke, cursed Storybrook, Regina released or er, erased her own memory. Right. Mm. And we see now that the Snow Queen has more magical abilities than just controlling ice. Like she poisoned that ice cream that Marion took. Yeah. Mm. She cursed. also was able to choke Emma and Regina. True. For, so she's forced sort of choke. Like Darth Vader. Yeah. Yeah. She can. Uh, Daperate to different places. Emma. Apparate. I am your foster mother. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she never lost her magic. We know that magic, we know that this is not really a land without magic here, our lovely world, because of the whole Greg Tamara dragon thing. 
Yeah, dragon. So we know magic works. <laughs> so maybe she never lost her magic. And so when she strolled into Storybrooke post-curse, post-Emma going, she still had her magic. A lot of things to think about, and I'm looking forward to the upcoming episodes. By the way, so you know that this is coming, the eighth episode of this season, which will be re- uh, broadcast on Sunday, November 16th, will be a two-hour-long episode. So prepare for that. And there will be no episode on Sunday, November 23rd. That's the Sunday before Thanksgiving, because that's when ABC is having the American Music Awards. So keep that in mind with your schedule. So that works out nicely for us, actually, because then we don't need to podcast the day before Thanksgiving. (laughs) And that's always a relief. But uh, then we'll have episodes picking up after that on November 30th. Please send us your feedback on episodes as you come up with your feedback after you watch the episode. In general, put the title of that episode in your email and you can send that now successfully to feedback at oncepodcast.com or you can call and leave a voicemail at 903-231-2221 or go to the website oncepodcast.com and send a voice message through the website or participate in our forums there on the website. Big thanks to the Sirens Melody on Stitcher who reviewed our podcast and said one of the best TV-related podcasts out there, not just for once. Thank you very much, Sirens Melody. We really appreciate that. If you haven't reviewed us yet on either Stitcher or iTunes, please consider going to oncepodcast.com slash Stitcher or oncepodcast.com slash iTunes and write a review for us. It encourages us and it helps other people find the podcast as well. We'd love to hear your thoughts on the information we shared in this episode. So while we're finished discussing this episode of Once Upon a Time, you can continue the conversation in our forums or comment on the show notes to respond to stuff that we shared by going to oncepodcast.com slash 165. Please follow us on Twitter at OnePodcast, and you can follow each of us individually. I'm Daniel J. Lewis on Twitter at The Ramen Noodle. I'm Jeremy Laughlin on Twitter at Fleegon. That's P-H-L-E-G-O-N. I'm Aaron, and I'm on Twitter at Aaron J. Cruz. Stick around for spoilers. And until next time, we are going on this hike. Yes, and we shall be reachable. And thanks for listening. <laughs> Once Podcast is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Big thanks to our sponsors for this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to donate to the podcast and help keep everything running smoothly, then please go to oncepodcast.com slash sponsor. You can consider a one-time donation, automatic monthly donation, or donate per episode through Patreon. It's all available over there at oncepodcast.com. And thank you for your support. Hi, Oncers. I'm Hunter Hathaway. And I'm Jacqueline. And it's spoiler time for Once Podcast. So we've got episode 406, Family Business. And The race is on to track down the elusive Snow Queen, who was once a foster mother to young Emma, whose memories of this event have been erased. In order to discover what her ultimate endgame is for Elsa and the residents of Storybrooke, 
And unaware of what she does not possess, the real blade that controls the Dark One, Belle attempts to use it to get her reluctant husband to show her where the Snow Queen is hiding. Meanwhile, back in the past, Belle travels to Arendelle and with Anna's help seeks out Grandpappy to help her regain her lost memories in order to discover the fate of her mother. So, we've got John Reese davies back as Grandpappy, Christy Lang as Marion, Francis O'Connor as Colette, Eric Keenleyside as Maurice, Jason Burkhart as Little John, Darcy Johnson as Oaken, and Garfield Wilson as Guard. This episode is written by Kalinda Vasquez and Andrew Chambliss and directed by Mario Van Peebles. Yes, and it's worth noting that the Colette character is Belle's mother. Yes, it is. So we'll be meeting her finally after many seasons. Yes, and well, it was hinted this summer that we would get to see her, so we're finally going to, it's finally happening. Yes, this episode is should be full of Belle. I know there are some fans that have been missing her, so hopefully this is a good Belle episode for those fans. Yes, we were lucky enough to get both the U.S. and Canada preview, or promos, I should mm-hmm. say. So did you want to talk about one of them? Okay, so the American promo. Uh, in the flashbacks, you do see Belle, and she's got kind of a nifty new wardrobe. It's very white and... Um, she's obviously in a cold climate, and I think she probably got the outfit from Oaken, which <laughs> should should be delightful to watch. And it looks like she and Anna, of course, are going out on this adventure, and it's going to take a tragic turn, it looks like. Yes. Because it looks like Anna falls off a cliff. Yes. And you have Belle screaming her name, you know, Anna! And trying to reach um, for her, like, the whole classic right. scenes. So... Because they showed this in the promo, I'm going to go ahead and say that Anna does not die, and there's um, something else that happens, but it's very dramatic. It's being set up in a dramatic fashion. Yes. And then in present day, you have Belle waving the dagger about, and she's commanding Rumpelstiltskin to take her to the Snow Queen, and Rumpel looks really hurt, and he says something like, I trusted you. Yeah. That should be interesting. Yes. And then you also have Hook and Emma looking at a scroll. Mm-hmm. And I think she says something like, this is not from our world. And you have runes on it. And there's been I some attempts at translation. I think that quote was in the Canada. Oh, that, was it? In the yeah. Canadian? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but the runes, someone tried to translate. And it talks about a savior and some sisters. It was kind of a weird translation. Yeah. I didn't get it too much. We'll read it to you if you'd like. (laughs) Yeah, go ahead. Okay, the scroll, someone decoded it, and it says, Search will continue to the ends of the earth. One thing I know for sure, the name of the savior savior is Emma. The savior shall be my sister. The family must be complete. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure what that means, because Emma only has one sibling, and he's about three weeks old. Right, so it's kind of... (laughs) (laughs) unless there is a nether charming baby out there somewhere somehow (laughs) i yeah i don't know it doesn't say sister by blood that's true because girl scouts are sisters sorority sisters there's there's a lot of kind of sisters out there (laughs) hopefully that will be talked about in the episode yes hopefully but we did get a canadian preview and it pretty much a lot of the same footage There was just a couple, like, you had the Snow Queen saying, stay out of my way. Emma and Hook are talking about how she knew the Snow Queen, but how her memories got erased, which we already know that. 
Oh, the interesting. Belle states that there are creatures who can restore memories. So I'm guessing that's Grandpappy. Yeah, that's what I thought. And Bella has been keeping a secret. Some secrets are better left buried. It's pretty much the same stuff that you saw in the American one. They didn't. It wasn't too different as like other times. But we did get some set photos. Um, I think my favorite one though is Oaken. We get to see yeah. him. <laughs> if you saw the side by side comparisons of him and the one from the movie, they look exactly alike. He's just exactly. a little. Exactly. He's just a little thinner. Like I don't think he's as large and as tall yeah. and as big and overpowering as the guy in the movie. But we didn't see him stand up. We just see him behind a counter. So who knows? Yoo-hoo. Become <laughs> a blowout. <laughs> yes. Did you want to go to the sauna and meet the family? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he looks exactly like movie Oaken. So that should be entertaining. Yes. We also got other promotional pictures. Um, they are mostly of the past. And some of them are of Belle and her mother, and they're wearing very beautiful ball gowns. And then there are bells some in blue, of, of course. Yes, of of course. And then there are some of Elsa and Anna. And Elsa's in her coronation outfit. If you've seen the movie Frozen, she's wearing the outfit she wears for her coronation. Yes. So I'm kind of thinking that's like right after she becomes queen. Well, no, because then mm. she turned ice. I don't know when that is. I don't know. My first thought is that it's like a homecoming party for Anna. Yeah. And she just dresses up in her coronation outfit. But there's that other photo um, of the same time, and it looks like she's learning how to use her magic, or she's doing something with her magic, but she's in her coronation gown. Yeah, and the Snow Queen is quite dressed up as well. Yes. Like, she's in her white gown, but it looks more regal, Mm -hmm. and I believe she's even wearing a tiara at one point. Okay. Yeah. And she's also holding the wizard's hat box that we yes. keep seeing. That, that's such so a that's pretty coming box. Back. I kind of want it. It is very pretty. <laughs> now we can move on. We've got some some other spoilers that were out there. One was there was a deleted scene. I don't know if they showed this on TV or not, but you can find it online. And it's Rumple and Belle are just walking down by the water. And it's talking about how she's going to be away for a few days because she's going to reopen the library. Yes. And this, we're pretty sure, is from episode 404, The Apprentice. I remember when they were shooting this scene, it was at the same time that they were shooting the scene between Rumple and Hook on the dock. And Bobby Carlyle was actually carrying around a broom. Okay. So it was from episode 404. And she does say, my husband, or so we know it's after the wedding. <laughs> Yes, and there's a kiss. So if you want to see a Rumbell kiss, yes, you can go check that out. And then you said you had some other ones that involved uh, some interviews. Yeah, this just came out earlier today from TV Line, and the first one is about Operation Mongoose. And according to Jennifer Morrison, Emma will eventually probably get involved with Operation Mongoose, but probably not until the second half of the season. So until then, it's just going to be Regina and Henry. That's kind of cute, though. Yeah. And then the other one is from Josh Dallas, who plays Prince Charming. And he hinted that there is something on its way that definitely affects everyone in Storybrooke. And it's going to affect the Charming relationship. Ooh. So. I didn't think anything could affect that. <laughs> so something wicked this way comes, I suppose. But yes. That doesn't mean the Wicked Witch. 
<laughs> As Daniel stated before, there will be a two-hour special of Once Upon a Time on November 16th. And that episode is Smash the Mirror. Yeah. And then we do have a possible title. Possible, meaning it's not confirmed yet. For episode right. 11, and that is... Heroes and Villains. Yes, as soon as we get confirmation, which will hopefully be very soon, we'll let you guys know. Yeah, and just to point out, um, when we got the hint that this was going to be Heroes and Villains, was at the same time that they were speculating 408 would be a two-hour episode, and that one came true. So there's a good chance that 411 is actually called Heroes and Villains. Yes. But that's all we got for you this week. Well, I'm Hunter. You can follow me on Twitter at Bit of Pixie Dust. I'm Jacqueline, and you can follow me at punk underscore bunny underscore 87. Until next time, oncers. Oh.